Hello friends, it's Dara. Welcome to Dear Hallmark. It is another week where we talk about our O'Brien family at Chesapeake Shores. And what is going on with our family? (laughs) We are on episodes 7 and 8 this week and I don't... What? What? Like, what? (laughs) Okay, let's start from... Um, the siblings that had the least amount of drama with these two episodes, Brie and Connor. So with Brie, you know, from last week's episode, we she was dancing with Luke and Jerome felt away. And so they kind of tidied that up. Brie told him, listen, fam, I'm not feeling you for real. And Jerome ends up telling her before Luke has a chance to that Luke went to prison. And so Brie was really upset. She confronted Luke about it. They had a conversation. She realized she never really had him, you know, tell his side. But I that's kind of up in the air. Where do they go from there? I do think, though, that... Well, no. So the end of season... I'm sorry. The end of... Towards the end of episode eight, um, he drops in on her class. One of her first class classes as a visiting lecturer. And the assignment given was to write 2,000 words about, write your story, who you are today. And so Luke did that, and he wanted her to read it. She read it. They met outside at a table, talked a little bit, and and he had to go meet his parole officer. And she said, well, why are you late? And he said, well, I was visiting you. And then she gives him a quick peck on the lips, and he's like, well, uh, okay then. So it seems like there's going to be something brewing there between Bree and Luke. Next, Brother Connor. He has opened his law practice. Um, it, It looks beautiful. Things are going great. He hung up a sign. Go, Brother Connor, go. That's kind of where we are with him. (laughs) Miss Abby. Abby is still dealing with the ever-eccentric Evan Kincaid. In fact... He broke his back, not broke, had a back spasm as he was on his way out. He, he's so goofy. I love him. Robert Buckley did such a great job with this character because he just seems all over the place and you just want to give him a hug, you know? (laughs) So he ends up hurting his back at the O'Brien home as he was saying goodbye to Abby And Grant said, I insist you stay here. You lay on that couch and you stay there. You want to know who is the unsung hero in this entire season? Mandrake. (laughs) He is, he's so sweet and kind and willing and just, yes, sir. Why, yes, ma'am like so pleasant that's the word I'm looking for he's incredibly pleasant and I'm going to miss him (laughs) when this season ends we also find out a little bit about Evan we find out that he has dyslexia he was given a packet of documents to read and he'd rather Mandrake read them better yet Abby said I can read them myself but then Abby poked a little bit at Mandrake, asking more about Evan's background, like, what's what's going on here? 
And so he admitted that Evan has, you know, grew up with dyslexia, kind of had a rough upbringing. A lot of people didn't believe in him, didn't think he would make it. He truly is a self-made man, didn't get through university. But look at him now, a billionaire. So for episode seven, he spends a lot of his time observing the O'Brien household, you know, as they go through their life. He bonds with, I believe, the younger, Abby's youngest daughter is named Carrie, and the oldest one is named Caitlin. I get them confused sometimes. But he bonds with the youngest daughter, Abby's youngest daughter, because she's like, well, what's my gift? You know, mom's, you're good with numbers. Auntie Bree can write. Dad does construction. Connor with law. What, you know, Caitlin, her older sister, paints. What can I do? And so Evan introduces her to coding and learning how to make her own video game because she really likes video games, which I thought was super sweet. And honestly, I thought that added an element into maybe something going on between her and Evan. I don't know. But there was a moment Jay was teaching the youngest daughter, Abby's youngest daughter, guitar. And he finds out that Evan has been staying with them because his back hurts and he's not feeling it at all because he thinks Evan likes Abby. And so that he was just like, I just need to get out of here. But they go out to the porch, Abby and Jay, and she says, play me something. He plays this little Spanish, pasta doble, tango, Argentinian, something or other. It was beautiful. And she said the same thing. And they just had a moment. Which I think there's going to be more where that came from. Now, um, going into episode 8 with Abby. She is on her way on a work trip. On her way to Ohio, Evan wants her to stop in PA, in Pennsylvania. And Jess and Bree seems to think that Evan has feelings for Abby. And Abby's just like, what? No. And they're like, you're being whisked away on this romantic something or other. So they get to PA, right? And he says, I want you to meet me out on the terrace or the deck. He used one of those words. And she was like, what for? He said, a private matter. And so now she has it worked in her head like, oh my gosh, she's about to tell me. So they sit down for tea and sandwiches. And he starts by saying, you know, Abby, I feel like we've developed... A connection and I know that it's all of a sudden and then right when he says that he gets called away and so I'm like yo he really does like her and the, the one thing I hate is when they have the characters interrupt the other person who was going to say what he was going to say and don't let them finish and then it like I hate that like can we just let them finish So while he got called away, she called her sisters like, oh my gosh, it's happening. What do I do? Which that was a funny moment. Um, But come to find out, Evan wants to offer her a job. Now, he played it off as to where he's like, no, like you really think like blah, blah, blah. But as she left, he gave this look that made me think maybe like he he's just hiding it really well because he found out what she really felt for him and it wasn't reciprocated that's kind of my thought pattern honestly but we'll see in episodes nine and ten how it fares but i i do think he has a care for abby as little um 
I, I, yeah, I just really think that there is an undercurrent that he is attracted to her because of her strength and intelligence and, uh, what's the word? Determination. I don't want to call it aggression. It's determination, ambition. There we go. Um, so I really, I can't wait to see what, what that storyline holds. <sighs> Kevin. Brother Kevin. Y'all. Kevin and Sarah, you know, they've been talking about having kids. But now that the captain has stepped down, I, I thought that Kevin was going to be next in line. But the chief came down to the fire station and come to find out Sarah is up for the lieutenancy. And now that's put some strain on her decision to have a baby because her life is going to get busier. And she expressed that to Kevin that she may want to hold off having kids if she does decide to become lieutenant because she doesn't think she'll be able to handle both or she'll just think the timing is off because I'm just a new lieutenant and then we get pregnant and then I'll have to take off. So they're kind of going through that little bump. Um, and there's a situation that happens where Sarah's in an accident. I'm not going to tell you what, because you got to go watch it. But she has an accident. But I am going to spoil this. Guess what they find when she's at the hospital? She's pregnant. She is pregnant. Oh, my gosh. And that's how episode seven ends. And we go into episode eight. They're not allowed to tell anyone until after the first trimester to make sure everything is copacetic. And so all of basically all of episode eight is them trying to hold it together to not tell their families. And they keep letting little stuff slip out where like Jess and Bree may have caught something like, wait, why wouldn't you? Or wait, what was? And then they're just looking like, hmm, okay. You can tell, like, they are bursting at the seams wanting to tell the family. But they're, they're doing a good job. They haven't told them yet. The family still doesn't know by the end of episode eight. Jess and David. So they're married now. And Jess is sleeping like a baby. However, she's been, <laughs> she's kicked David and doing a lot of, you know, moving in the bed that can disrupt his sleep. And Abby tells her that she, that Jess used to do that when she was a kid as well, because she's anxious. And so Jess presented that to David, thinking like, "What could I be anxious about?" And then David says, "Well, you know, the being we have a business. You just committed your life to another human being. You the thought of having kids, and also, you know, he inserted this the furnace. We need to replace the furnace." And she's like, "What?" But they revisited the topic of kids and it seems like Jess still may want to definitely like she's it doesn't seem she's as scared but she's still up in the air but just seeing them going through you know just marriage in episode seven and then in episode eight it's them dealing with a bad reviewer and getting over just having their first one-star review at the B&B. It was cute, you know. I feel like at this moment, Jess and David offers us some... They offer us a little bit of relief from the drama from the other siblings. 
Um, speaking of which, Gran is also, and it seems like she's pursuing something with Arthur Driscoll, which I did not think Arthur Driscoll would still even be involved in this season. I thought it was a one episode thing, but their relationship seems to be growing. And there was such this beautiful, there was a beautiful moment where you can see him becoming inspired again because he begins drawing Gran while she's just looking off as they're having lunch together. And it's so beautiful. It's so be- That's going to be so beautiful to see what that looks like towards the end. Now let's get to, let's get to mom and dad. So mom found out that Arthur Driscoll sold the rights and ownership of his paintings to this art gallery. And she tried to talk with the owner and the owner is not budging. And so she called in reinforcements. His name is Carter, a guy she knew in New York. And dad is not having it. Though, first of all, the way Carter came in was 50 shades of left. He was just incredibly, he was like a bull in a china shop. It's like, who are you, sir? You're, you're in my home and you're disrespecting me. Like, he was high key disrespectful. But we can see dad getting jealous and that prompts mom and dad to talk because they haven't really established where they are. Are they a couple? Are they dating? Are they in a relationship? They just kind of been boo loving all over the place with no, no foundation, like no, no identification as to what they are as a unit. And so this Carter guy flying in and kind of helping mom secure this deal with showing Arthur's work, it it put a fire under dad to have the two of them talk it out. And then in episode eight, dad gets a very obscure package with remains in an urn. And so he finds, he for the first half, he's trying to find out, okay, who is this person? Abby does some digging, does some research. He finds out that the remains was shipped to him um the who the remains belong to the bartender of the bar he used to frequent the summer that mom left dad so he took abby back to that place which is is now like a kind of like your jamba juice you know like a juice place a healthy juice place and he tells abby the story of how he met the man and what it was like that summer, how rough that summer was for him. And so the letter that came with the remains was from Mick to spread his rema- his remains across the Chesapeake Shores, you know, the bay, whatever. So dad goes to drive to the plane to spread his remains. And we don't see him for the rest of the episode. And as the family is having dinner towards the end of the episode mom is getting worried it's at night she's like where is Mick where is he she ends up calling come to find out the last radio contact that dad had with the station controller or whatever was 4 30 and so we're we're led to believe that he's missing (laughs) what what is going on with my O'Brien family what? Oh gosh, what a way to go into episode seven and eight. So now 
we have to find out where dad is we need to find out the status of mom and dad's relationship is grand going to going to continue to see arthur jess and david just going to keep on living their married lives kevin and sarah how long can they hold their pregnancy secret together brie and luke pursuing their relationship um connor continuing to have his own practice and you know doing his own independent thing and Abby and Evan and Abby and Jay, what is going to become of them? Is Abby and Evan even going to be a thing? I want Abby. If I be, okay, I could see Abby with Jay, but I like that Evan annoys her, if that makes sense. (laughs) Like, I just love Evan Kincaid as a character. And I don't know what they would look like romantically together. But I like the dynamic between Evan and Abby. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I definitely want to finally see Abby stop. I, I don't, I don't want to say she's stringing him along, but dang, they're taking it really, really slow for my taste. So there's that. Um, y'all, that's what I have for for this week of Chesapeake Shores. Um. You know, we're, they're filming now, season six. I'm super excited. I can't wait until we get the announcement for when we can, you know, expect season six to air. Most likely it will be in the summer because from my understanding, Chesapeake Shores is a summer show. So we may get it in late July, early August, and then continuing that into September. Um, or July into September, who knows? Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Dear Hallmark. I look forward to bringing you more episodes uh, next week. Not next week, I'm sorry. <laughs> Coming up this week, um, or I should say the next episode, you are actually going to get an interview from the lovely. Miss Brittany Bristow, who will be starring in A Tale of Love this weekend. So I I can't wait to share that interview with you guys. We talked about some really cool, like, cool in the sense of I appreciated her openness and talking about confidence and what it was like for her coming into the industry with parents who were already in the industry and then what that looked like for her growing as an adult And it was just really, it was a really, really good conversation. So I look forward to sharing that with you guys tomorrow. And be sure to follow Dear Hallmark on both Facebook and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you haven't already, too, subscribe to the podcast. Become a family member. Leave a rating and or a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And you guys... Last next week is going to be the final week of our time with our O'Brien family until we get to season six. I'm still up in the air as to how I want to do the recaps for season six, but I'll be sure to let you guys know in a future podcast episode. Um, wow, we've come a long way. We've st- and come to think we started August 10th. I think was our first Chesapeake Shores episode. And, you know, we paused in October from October to December.
because of Christmas and the volume that Christmas was coming at us. And so we picked it back up in uh, late January and look at us now. We are finally finished or caught up, up to date with the Chesapeake Shores series. So I so look forward to recapping the last two episodes of season five with you all next week. And as always, I want to hear your thoughts. So there's a link in the show notes where you're able to leave me 60 seconds worth of your thoughts. And I can play it here on the podcast. So, you guys, again, thank you and ciao, my friends. This is Dear Hallmark. Each week, I'll bring you reviews of your favorite Hallmark movies and TV shows. So grab a drink and let's see what we're getting into with this episode.